Welcome to our podcast on loving relationships today. And I opened up your book, Sandra Ray. <laughs> your lately I've been thinking. And I see here an entry that you made called A Sexless Marriage. Oh. <laughs> you say a sexless marriage is the top search marriage complaint. It is three and a half times more common than an unhappy marriage and eight times more common than a loveless marriage. Wow. We had a client with a tricky sexual issue. The wife claimed they were in a great relationship, but upon digging deeper, we found she had no interest in sex at all. She had a younger husband who wanted sex. What surprised us was the fact that she was willing to be like that the rest of her life. She even actually created a spiritual teacher telling her that was advanced and she had let go of all desire in past lives. But the truth was that she was actually frigid and was in complete denial about it. To unravel this case, we had to go all the way back to the grandparents. Her parents were very fundamentalist almost cult-like church. When they had her, they tried to leave the church and have some joy, which was not allowed in that church. However, both parents' families rejected them for leaving the church. Her basic thoughts were, if I have joy, I will be rejected. Mm. Her man was about to reject her for not giving him what he wanted. He also wanted a family. How these two got together is surprising. So her pattern was that she would get rejected if she had sex and she would get rejected if she did not. So we finally learned by digging really deeply that her father was the love child of her grandmother and the priest of this fundamentalist church for whom her grandmother was the maid in other words, her father was conceived by the pious priest who was the head of the fundamentalist church. Our client was carrying all the shame of her grandmother in addition to the mindset of the church her parents grew up in. Her core belief was, I am not acceptable as a woman, since she was supposed to be a boy. Her obsession with being rejected also came from that thought. Her case was all about needing to be rejected. I did not get to interview the husband. Oh, I did get to interview the husband briefly. His case was, I can't get what I want. Mm. Sex and children. So their patterns dovetailed perfectly. We gave them a joint consultation, which was absolutely necessary. His thought, I can't, dovetailed with her thought, I should not have joy. He seemed very patient with her, fortunately, and in our presence, they did come to some harmony. If they had not, they would have been either broken up or been stuck in a miserable marriage. They were both willing to look at themselves, and she felt like it was a revelation. Oh, now I remember that. That's a long time ago we had that case. Yeah. So what is, what is it that... Um, you would like to say about this dynamic, you know, where people's cases 
get all intertwined. Right. And then they don't have intimacy, but then they live together kind of miserable. So, and you're saying that's more common than we think. I forgot about that statistic, yes. Well, and all you would have to know each person's case. Like, theirs was very complicated because it went all the way back to the ancestors. So, in every case where there's a sexless marriage, there would be different reasons, you know, it wouldn't be the same. So one would have to be able to study the person's mindset. So in her case, there was guilt from this incident where her grandmother got pregnant with, out of wedlock with the fundamentalist minister. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty heavy, you know, and so that carries down through the lineage. I think people don't realize that they could be acting out shame from their ancestors. Uh, and that's the point that I think is really Yeah, the that's most, a good point. Yeah, and... Um, so we actually carry on or carry over mm -hmm. the guilt that our ancestors were carrying. We could do carrying. that. Not everybody does that, but that could be the possibility there. I see. And I think in family constellations, that's a technique where they do that kind of thing, study um, family members yeah. and how the family members affect the person. Right. Well, I mean, in general, um, even if it didn't go back to the ancestors, there we see often with our clients where they're sleeping in separate bedrooms or you know, a couple is sleeping in separate bedrooms or they're, they're not showing affection, definitely not having sex. Um, but then they just keep going in that. Maybe they don't either face it or they don't want a divorce because of the kids or um, they're financially codependent. So what would you say about... Um, lack of intimacy. Again, there could be many reasons. Um, you know, some people are just basically taught sex is bad in the church they grew up with. It could be that simple. Other people have a tremendous fear of intimacy because it's so powerful. It brings up all their subconscious thoughts, you know. Uh, and maybe the couple is not communicating well. And, you know, in order to have good sex, you have to have good communication. So they go together in my eyes. So um, sometimes couples don't know how to communicate, so there's just a block. There's no energy moving between them anyway. Well, you write that this woman had a spiritual teacher who said, oh, you're so evolved, you don't need sex. But that's often uh, kind of a smokescreen for these deeper issues where something's really off and um, I think this celibacy for spirituality is not necessarily uh, helping a person evolve. Would you say that? Well, there are some groups that do tell you that, that um, you should be celibate. Uh, the funny part of it, about it is some of these gurus that tell you you should be celibate are having sex themselves 
Yeah, <laughs> and, and, right. Uh, and with, with their followers. With their, with their followers. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the same thing that happened with the grandmother there, that here the priest or wherever head, head of this fundamentalist church is having sex himself while telling the congregation sex is bad or don't have right. sex. So, you know, we've heard a lot of cases where um, gurus were telling their followers not to have to be celibate and then they had sex with their own followers so we've heard that a lot right yeah well I think when we got together we were clear that intimacy and even sexuality was not a contradiction to our main purpose of spiritual evolution so I think you have to be clear about that when you get together with you know, someone that um, maybe maybe you you do want to rise above the the sexual uh, issue, but you have to be clear about that when you get together, and both parties have to agree with that. So I think when we got together, we had a discussion about that area of our relationship, and we were very clear that our spiritual life included that. So I think as long as you're clear, um, you don't get into these places where it's really your case that's coming up. Like in the case of this this couple, you know, he had he had the thought that he, he couldn't have what he wanted or he couldn't have joy and she she had this thought, well it was wrong to have sex and also be spiritual, you know. So that was really what was going on. It wasn't like they were going to a higher place by abstaining. So what would you say about that? When people get together, they have to be clear about Right, but I think a lot of people get together and they have good sex in the beginning because they know it's expected of them or they feel attracted and they're suppressing their uh, issues, you know, and then when they get married or something, they can suppress their issues. For example, the emotional incest pattern comes up. Like at the beginning, people suppress that pattern, but then after they live together or get married, that pattern comes up, and then they, they set their maid up to be one of their parents, and you can't have sex with your parents, so then they stop having sex. This is the big issue that comes up for couples. And then that's one of the causes of affairs because obviously they don't, they could go to a prostitute and probably do fine because a prostitute they're not gonna set up as their mother. But their mate they're setting up as their mother. They can't have sex with your mother. So I think we see a lot of that pattern coming up too. Yeah. Well, we were just watching this documentary on very famous political figure, and <clears throat> he had such a close relationship with his mother. Um, and then he gets married and has all these children. And his his mother was a very domineering kind of opinionated person. And then after this period where um, he gets together uh, with his wife and they have the kids then she also became kind of turned into the mother and became very 
strong-willed and maybe domineering. So then their their intimacy kind of went out the went out the window, you know, after that. And um, so, can you say a little bit more about that? What we would call the emotional incest pattern that comes up for people in relationships. Yeah. So it can be like this: the father in the family is kind of giving all his attention to the teenage daughter and they have kind of an energy between them. Maybe he and his wife aren't getting along so well, so the daughter and the father are kind of in an emotional incest thing. Or it could be the mother and the son, and uh, the mother is confiding with the son all the time or giving all her energy to the son. And in that case, in the movie we saw, uh, she was constantly putting all her affection and energy into the son, constantly, constantly. And then the son gets hooked on the mother. So then the problem is when he himself gets married, he's still in love with his mother, and he can't relate to his wife (laughs) because he transfers his love for his mother to his wife, and he's got his wife totally set up as his mother to replace the mother. And then you can't have sex with your mother. So it's very um, tricky, that pattern. And most people never work on it. Because most people don't know even know about it. Or they never heard about it. And I know this happened to me because I was always kind of in love with my father. And I kept attracting men like my father. And I went into therapy over this and the therapist couldn't help me. And it wasn't until I got into rebirthing that I understood this pattern. So for me, I went through a lot of relationships like that myself. And I think everybody does. And most people don't know about this pattern because it's not really taught in seminars. You know, I, I never heard about it anywhere taught in seminars or books. So I had to learn that myself, which I wish I had known about that sooner in my case. I wouldn't have gone through all those men who were like my father. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think when I got married the first time, I I kind of wanted a woman who wasn't like my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mother was very shy and kind of not very outgoing. And then I picked this woman who was the opposite of that, you know, mm-hmm. shy and, and uh, not shy and very outgoing. And then eventually, you know, because my mother was shy, but I think, you know, we had this kind of connection, and I always felt a bit uh, controlled by her in the sense that uh, she had her opinions of what she thought I ought to be doing. And yes, I was a rebel, but then I was always kind of in that, oh, well my mother's not going to approve of this kind of kind of thing, you know. Um, and then I noticed after a while being married that I, even though my, my wife had a, my ex-wife had a personality kind of the opposite of my mother, I still set her up for this kind of disapproving nature mm. that my mother had. Oh. You know, so that was a form of 
the incest pattern, I transferred the relationship I had with my mother onto my mate. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when you have somebody disapproving of your all all the time, that affects your intimacy, which right. it did. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was how the incest pattern worked out in my life. But I, I think this this is a very subtle pattern that people never look at. You know, because that word incest has such a taboo, we don't even like to bring it up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I think in the case of this couple that you write about, there might have been something like that going on too with them, mm. you know? Right. So. Yeah, so it's an interesting topic, and I think people need to know about it, and they need to talk about it more, because... Uh, you know, in the trainings that we teach, we talk about that, and everybody has strong reactions and a lot to share about it, and it brings up a lot of stuff for people. So um, I think we have to keep talking about it in our trainings. So just to kind of complete, what would you say is a healthy attitude around sexuality in relationships? Uh, that it's a normal part of life, and um, that one should... Um, feel comfortable with it and and uh, not have shame, not have guilt. And, um, you know, I think the shame and the guilt is one thing that blocks sexuality too. So everybody should know what, what is their most negative thought about sex also. Okay. And we have this term spiritual intimacy. So I think... You can't just expect that you're going to have a great sex life if you don't have intimacy in other areas of your life, you know? So what really establishes intimacy for us, I think, on a day-to-day basis is that we're good communicators Mm -hmm. and we communicate everything to each other. So even little things that come up that... Uh, bother us we we don't stuff it we talk about it and I think because we have this communication which is spiritual intimacy then our sexual intimacy works a lot better it's basically what I'm trying to say you have to have intimacy in all areas of your life and transparency in all areas of your life yeah, and I think people crave spiritual intimacy, and that also means being able to discuss your spiritual process, um, your self-analysis, um, your spiritual growth. So couples have to create time for that. If you have children, it's kind of tricky because children demand your attention all the time, 100% of the time. So you have to set aside time for if if you have if your parents you have to set aside time to have talks alone without the children there you put the children to bed and you spend time alone and you don't let anybody interrupt you or or something at, at some time you have to create that okay so basically the bottom line is good communication makes a good sex life right that's the point and you have to ha- have time for that right so thank you okay